Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. If you're interested in cars, car repair, music, fitness, technology, and more, this is the podcast for you. Interested in more of what's going on at Dubai Eye? Go to DubaiEye1038.com and search out our podcasts and blogs. Want to get in touch with me? Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae. Enjoy the show. You've tuned in to Dubai Eye. This is Car Talk. My name is James Pikeway. Joining us from Motoring Middle East is Mr. Imtishan. Welcome back to the studio. Hello and welcome and thank you for um, spending my name right. There we go. And, and you know what? For the next hour, we're talking about cars. If there's anything going on on the roads, the things that people are driving, the things they love, the things that they'd rather never drive again in their lives, or, or maybe they're, they're looking at what's on offer right now. And I've got to say, as I was coming over Business Bay Bridge, cruising and took a look over at the auto mall that's over in Festival City. Wow, they have a lot of cars in there. They got a lot of cars, and they're actually doing really well. I just popped in the other day. We might have seen some of our videos on our YouTube page where you actually went through the process of how you buy cars. Motoring Middle East, go check. If you're if you're not checking out their YouTube, their Facebook, their Instagram, you are missing out because yeah. it's a lot of fun. We're busy. Yeah. But in any case, uh, we showed you how cars actually get checked and tuned and all. A generic guide, you might yeah. say. And what surprised me, or rather didn't surprise me, is that used car sales are up big time. Well, I, you know, it's they can be affordable. They, you why won't. why do you want to pay that? You know, that initial payment or the initial yeah. depreciation. You can just pick up a car that's nearly new with a warranty. I mean, auto mall. Well, that's and that's the key. Or the warranty. Speaking of warranties and auto mall, I also want to mention Galladary because I was over at police headquarters visiting some of my interns this week, and <laughs> I good way preface that, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realize as I was driving by the Renault and you know the rest of the Galladary operation that's at that corner beside the police headquarters that they have a, a used approved section. Sitting and they there. sell everything, not just Mazdas. Well, I was very impressed. So yeah, all of these guys are basically selling cars from as little as 20,000 dirhams. You see? I that, mean, those are those are numbers to my ears. You get 20,000 dirhams on your pocket and get a car with a warranty. With a one-year warranty. How do you beat that? You, you don't beat that. You don't. And for a lot of people right now, that might be the way to go. For me, the word warranty is what's kicking in. And, you know, I just... I'm just yeah, it's just that peace of mind, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what the car is. You know, somebody says, oh, you bought a Range Rover that might be a little bit more unreliable. You might buy a European car. Who cares? I got a one-year warranty. Got a one-year they can spend job. all the year in the <laughs> shop. I don't care. I'm not paying for it. Yeah. But it won't because they'll fix it properly. Imtishan, I want to I wanna kick off another conversation. And I don't know if this is a late April Fool's joke, but I'm reading that Ford Motor Company is planning to discontinue all sedans, all saloon cars, except, of course, for the Mustang, and move into the SUV crossover market exclusively. Imp- I think it's important to qualify that because we're talking about the American market. Yeah. yeah, America so, well, is not going to get any cars besides the Focus Active, the Mustang, and what else? That's really about yeah, it. Otherwise, it's all yeah, it's all crossovers, pickups, wagons, trucks, etc. What's going on? Like, uh, it's it a, a lot of things to unpack, isn't it? On yeah. one hand, you have this situation where gas prices have made it affordable for people to get into bigger vehicles. The other hand, crossovers are now getting fuel economy as good as or close to mm. small cars. And finally, I think this is a tacit admission by Ford, and maybe all the American automakers, why single out Ford here, uh, Ford, GM, and FCA, that they can't make small cars that compete with the Korean and Japanese makes. 
Do you, do you think they're literally, it, it could be read as they're throwing in the towel? I mean, I, the towel has oh, been thrown. Oh it's important man. to point out before people get confused yeah. that all these cars are very much on sale in the Middle East and the GCC. Yeah. You can pick up a Focus or a Taurus or what have you. I mean, they haven't stopped selling them. It in is not the US global. Yet. It is only in the US, and but it's, it's coming. It's, it's coming very soon. But if they roll it out in the US, what's to stop them then from continuing the wave to Europe and then eventually? Because those cars sell in Europe. Small cars mm. sell in Europe. F-150s don't sell in Europe. But, but how, if you how go to Dubai, you, how airport, can you have segment you, your market like that? That's the only other thing. Because it's kind of short-term thinking. Yeah. It's short term. Do you not agree? It's basically yeah. looking at the horizon and saying, well, we're making a lot of money on pickups and trucks. And car companies are diversified enough and vertically integrated enough that they can actually change production really quickly. But not that quick. Fairly quickly. I mean, they can respond to changes in demand fairly quickly. But I do think but it's a bit kill, sad. But to kill those lines in North America, think I Think of the think cars you're losing. The interesting cars, Focus ST, yeah. Focus RS, yeah. Fiesta ST. Yes. Fiesta is a great little car. Well, and, and while fuel economy is 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 and cost of fuel in some parts of North America have stabilized, it's still expensive to fill up a car. Like a, a Fiesta but running around town, I mean, would you rather own a Ford Fiesta or, or buy one of the Chinese cars? I I, I would love. I think to most think. people will get into a second-hand Ford Edge, and that's the reality. Yeah. Is that when you show up and your buddies are all uh, our buddies are like, well, you know what? It's turned into the SUV and the micro SUV and the it has crossover to be market. An SUV. It has to be an SUV. Wow. I think it's a bit sad because this is how things do not improve. Because to improve in that game, you have to be making product. And that product has to go up against the segment leaders. If it doesn't, it never gets a chance to improve. That's how the Japanese learned. Mm. Because they spent most of the 80s pumping out some great cars. Yeah. But they spent most of the 70s making not so great cars. Yeah. Imtishan joining us, by the way, from Motoring Middle East. This is Car Talk on Dubai Eyes Nightline program. My name's James Pikeaway. We're talking about cars. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because uh, we were walking around somewhere. Uh, we, I guess we were back home in Canada over the break. And I came across uh, a residence. And in the driveway were all Chrysler K-cars. How many K-cars? Four. They had a LeBaron. They had a, I, I don't know. They had the Dodge Spirit. They did, oh! But they were you know, claim as well. They were essentially all the same. They, you know, there was a, a Chrysler late eighties or mid eighties. Uh, these were mid eighties. There was a Chrysler New Yorker the boxy as well. Ones. Yep, the boxy square, all on the same platform, and they were beautiful yet ugly at the same time. And I thought, you know, I, I could never imagine Ford is packing it in possibly with cars and just making SUVs and and other things. But do do you think? You know, Chrysler's going to follow suit? Do you think the other... Chrysler has followed suit. They don't make anything apart from the Dodge Dart. And the Dodge Dart as well is no longer in production. They only make SUVs. What, what, what have I fallen asleep here on the wheel or what? Yeah, I mean, the 300 is really one of the few cars they make. They don't make many cars anymore. And it's a real shame. It is. But again, it, it's them admitting, I'm sorry to say that their cars are not what Americans want. Their I trucks are. Hyundai is losing money hand over fist in the US. And you know why? Because no. they've got lots of cars in their lineup. Ooh, they don't many. have enough SUVs in their lineup, so they're very sedan heavy. Now, Honda with the Accord no, is they, doing pretty well. But they've got the Mojave. They've got the not in the U.S. Oh, they don't sell it in the U.S. They do not have enough SUVs. They have a Ooh. lot of Sonatas and what yeah. have you. But what the market wants is more Santa Fe's, and they can't design and make them fast enough. Mm. Now, the basically the segment is shrinking to the point where people are thinking, you know what? It's kind of like Apple and Samsung. Yes, you can get a Huawei. Yes, you can get a Lenovo. But most people are like, well... No, you, can't, you can't get the Huaweis in the U.S. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the point I'm making. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> people just come down to basically one of two choices, whether it's a Cord or Camry. 
and everything else doesn't get looking. That's why the Taurus was selling, which is such a shame because it was a fine car. We were at the Altair Grand Sale recently, and there were some ridiculous deals. You could get a hundred, hundred ten, hundred twenty thousand. You get a Ford Taurus SHO with the three point five EcoBoost. That is a legitimate performance car, three hundred sixty five horsepower and four wheel drive. It's basically an Audi Quattro made by Ford. I, I think I stand corrected. Lee Iacocca is still alive. He's uh, Phew. I think he's 93 <laughs> years old. Phew. Yeah. I was like, when did I when did that happen? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, 93 years old. But you know, those were car guys, like Bob Lutz, a GM, well, etc. And this is why I brought um, Mr. Lee Iacocca up, because he was he spearheaded the development of the Ford Mustang and, of course, the Ford Pinto at Ford Motor Company. And then he went over and became the CEO of Chrysler Corporation. But yeah, he's quite the CV. But you had uh, these forceful guys like uh, Dr. Pieck over at uh, the VW Group. You had all of these guys who basically said, I don't care how much it costs, we're going to do it. Yeah. And they made the big bets. Sometimes they didn't work. Like Bob Lutz, <laughs> great guy who made the 3 Series among many, many, many other cars. Yeah. Also developed the Aztec, which the greatest claim to fame is Breaking Bad. <sighs> but... Yeah. You know, at the time, it made sense. Yeah. But you need people who are going to say, you know what, let's just make these cars because they're going to sell. Mm. Because now it's a lot of MBAs and business decisions, a lot of maths, and that's why we're losing affordable sports cars. Mm. Because people are like, well, we don't sell enough of them, and they don't do great on gas, blah, blah. So at the end, we're just going to be staring. We're talking ourselves into an electric future. And how excited are we about that? Maybe it's going to be interesting. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Car Talk is the program that you've tuned into. Imtishan joining us from Motoring Middle East. If you've got questions about what's going on in the world of automotive, get in touch. So Kumar has got this fantastic Porsche. He's saying this. Sha. Sha. Porsche. Okay. Okay. Porsche. That's how the Germans say it. The ceiling upholstery in my Porsche has started to sag. <laughs> go back to Porsche. It's better than Any that. recommendations on where I can get it repaired? Because the dealer of the Porsche, I don't mind paying extra for a good job, but I'd rather not have to go to the Porsche dealer. <laughs> Just stay Porsche. It's all right. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, so, so, I mean, this is this is something... Not an uncommon problem with European cars because the glue tends to sag after a bit. You know what other car has this problem? G-Wagons. Really? Yeah, G-Wagon after five or six let, years. We'll get, we'll, Glenn let, Power probably would know. But let's yes. let's do a pause on Kumar's question for just a second and go to a G-Wagon observation because I was picking up my car at Valet and there was a G-Wagon in front of me. And so I'm driving the old Wrangler four-door. Very old Wrangler. Four-door. Yeah. And I listened to the doors close on this G-Wagon, which sounded a lot like a tin can. My... Wrangler had nicer door closing sound. That's weird because most people think that opposite. The, rang- the, the G-Wagon has one of the best door closing noises in any car. It, it, sounded, it sounds like a gunshot. It sounded like a tin can. It was like clank. And I just went... Yeah, but it is a tin can. Yeah, I, I just... I, I was, you know, taking a little look inside. The new I, one, they actually engineered it to sound just like that. Like a bank yeah. vault. Really? I mean... This you didn't th- sound like a bank vault. You know what vault, you should do vault. is be <laughs> inside the car. I think... I, when I, you're inside the car, the noise is very reassuring. It's I one of the reasons people buy G-Wagons. I think the two Emirati women who were getting into it, if I'd said, hey, can I just hop in the back seat and hear the door? I think that would have been... Culturally sensitive. Oh, but on the other hand, they might have said, sir, we'd love to let you know what this car sounds like, so maybe next time. You should. Have you ever driven a G-Wagon? Never. They're, they're very... You'd like it. Yeah? As I struggle yeah. for words. Because it's, it's a lot like a Wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> with 500 plus horsepower. It but sounded amazing, like it's, when they. It's it's dry, it's very archaic to drive. Really? Okay. It's very very old fashioned. Sounds exactly like a vehicle I'd love. Yes, if you have the requisite five or six hundred thousand dirhams. Yeah. Okay. One ba- of a kind. Back to Kumar's question with his Porsche, that he's got the sagging roof fabric. So what? Where do we get this fixed if we don't well, go the to the dealer? There's a place in uh, Alcus called Saro Auto Care. Okay. Go and give them a look. They can probably either remake the upholstery for you, or they can fit it back for you. But basically, you got to fix the glue back. Hmm. Uh, and any good sort of upholstery place can also DK Schweitzer in Al- Alcus. Okay. So DK Schweitzer or Sarah Ortega. Sarah Ortega has a very long reputation for doing this sort of small touch-up jobs and stuff. Okay. But they are very busy. So book book in. But uh, I obviously have no stake in it. I'm just recommending it. There you go. Okay. Very simple. So, you know, before you let anyone They're do anything. They're not cheap, though. Well, you know. Ha- you pay extra. Have, have a chat, maybe ask for uh, you know a few recommendations from them, say is there anyone we can talk to, take a look at some of the work they're doing, and then uh, you know th- a good sign that they're not giving it away also indicates that they're standing by their work as well. So, No, they have a pretty good reputation. But look, it's one of those jobs where it's, it's a little finicky, yeah. it takes a few hours, and uh, it's best to get it done right, okay. so it doesn't happen again. Imtishan joining us from Motoring Middle East. This is Car Talk. My name is James Pikeway. If you're wondering what you've tuned into, we're talking about cars. Sean has come through with a great question. He says, hi, guys. Best show on the planet. Glad that you guys do it. A little bit of editorial work there. He says, I, I'm planning to buy a pickup and deciding between a Ford F-150 and a Ram. Any suggestions? Like Honor bound to what one way? Yeah, but that, okay. So th- this the challenge is that Imtishan does drive a Ram, the baddest Ram in Dubai, I like to say. But but I have also heard you say that you would not be upset to be driving around in a Ford F one hundred and fifty. Well, specifically a Raptor, because yeah. that is the greatest truck so, ever. So so what what if it's not a Raptor, but it's you know a comparable Ram Ford one hundred and fifty. Mm. It's a tough one. Which way would you go? I'd probably go Ram. Ram's a very comfortable, friendly, easy car. Yeah. So let's do a pro con, shall we? Um, Ram, well, pro con is um, the V. It only comes in the V8. So if you like V8s, good for you. Uh, fuel economy is not too bad. Uh, it's very comfortable. It's very easy to drive. Are we talking the Ram? Ram. Yeah. yeah we're talking Ram. So yeah. pro con. So you're you're, get, you're getting everything. the you're getting the eight. So this right off the bat. You're in the V8. You're in the eight-speed transmission. It's very comfortable. Yeah. It's pretty well put together. And Gas right e- now, and you said you get great fuel economy too. I get about 12, 13 liters per hundred, which is very similar to what I used to get on my uh, Jeep. Pentester. There you go. Um, also, there's a lot of toys. Um, it's very comfortable, and there's a lot of space on the inside. Yeah. Also, I think the biggest pro at the moment is that right now it's in run out so the prices are pretty good go down there and they'll mm. probably knock off quite a bit to get you in the door so the ram will be the cheaper buy okay. now con it is massive and yeah. it's actually bigger than the f-150 really it's bigger and wider it doesn't look bigger nor wider it is so it can be a bit of a if you've never driven a pickup before it can be a little bit of a struggle but go and drive it and see i mean it's an easy car to drive i'm so, thinking yeah. sean has i think sean has a, a clue about a pickup. Yeah, anyway. hopefully. But you never know. Okay. Either way, I would say go and give it a test drive and see if it's to your taste. I imagine it will be because it's a very nice car. The other thing is, of course, it is about 10 years old at this point. Yeah. And the last update was 2012. So it might be feeling a little old here and there. And obviously some of the trim pieces, etc. We're talking about Ford now. Ram. I'm oh, still, that's ram. Right. still, still Ram. I'm rushing through this. Whew, okay. So yeah, basically it might feel a little old on the inside. Now, F-150. Um, more expensive, but more options and trims. So you go all and the way. Newer from design. 
brand new update in 2012 and you have a few engine options. You can have the 5 liter V8 or you can have my personal choice which is the 3.5 EcoBoost. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you can get the 2.7 EcoBoost. I think you can but I'm not sure if it's widely spread. So mm. two very different ways of achieving your fuel economy target either a boosted 6 or V8. Yeah. Um, options wise and toys you can go all the way from a base XLT, Lariat, all the way up to like a limited platinum King Ranch with all the trimmings and and it can be very fancy. At the mm. top end, it's a rival for the likes of the Patrol and the Land Cruiser. Really? The other thing as well is that it also off-road ability-wise, out of the box, I think the F-150 is a little better in the RAM, off the box, because it's a little bit higher. Mm. And there are quite a few accessories you can Significantly buy. more expensive, though? Price-wise, it is a bit more expensive. Are we, so are we, we're that's talking, a, uh, are we we're, talking like maybe 10, 20 grand more? Probably more than that, depending on what really? you have. But it's an expensive vehicle. Yeah. And of course, it has all the toys. Now, it is a little bit more manageable, but it is a bit narrower. Um, the driving style as well. Now, the Ram, both of them are well-built vehicles. The thing with the F-150 is, again, it's a little bit stiffer, a little bit more clattery over bumps. Mm. So the ride isn't as good as the Ram. It's not bad, but these are still pickup work up, working via pickups. And the yeah. idea is you can put things in the back to settle the ride down. If it's nothing in the back, it might be a little stiff. A but few that sandbags never hurt anyone in the back. Yes, of a few children or whatever. <laughs> whatever works for you. But hey, both of hey, them are. Hey. But both of them are really, really fun, fun cars to own. I mean, you should have them at least once in your life a pickup. I mm. think. And mm. either way, they're so closely benchmarked. You can't go wrong. I think the Ram, if you're looking for the best value, would be the way to go. And I still think it's a nicer car to drive than the Ford, even though the new Ford is all new. But I haven't driven the all new Fords, and I've turned, I've heard it on a lot of tuning and testing yeah. and improvements on the 18s. So, so, uh, and if you get the Raptor, there's no question. Yeah. If you're looking for the Raptor, if you have the money for a Raptor because it's not not cheap, there's no question. You get the Raptor. Hmm. But, yeah, go and drive them. So, yeah, so you're going to get the Ram a little bit better price. And, and in, in my corner, that's probably where I'm going to be moseying over. Value. I'm, val- value. I'm looking value. You're looking value. And I'm thinking V8. And I'd, I would have uh, Mr. Al Falasi standing on my shoulder going, why wouldn't you get a V8? Like, why? What, what is the problem here? Well, you can get F-150 at the V8 as well. Yeah, that's true. And the F-150 is nice. It's a nice vehicle. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. both pretty good. I mean, if you're in America, you just buy the Ford because yeah. everybody buys Fords in America. Yeah. Hey, well, while we're on it, big shout out to Dougie, who uh, I noticed, uh, as I, I was telling you last week, du- Dougie, by the way, is our, our biggest online fan who in... Peterborough at the General Electric Motor Factory streams our program constantly. Uh, our only fan in the General Electric Factory. Yeah. Who, who, when I found out about this, uh, managed to get our uh, Motoring Middle East hat to him. So when he listens to this show, he wears his Motoring Middle East hat. Disturbing, Can, but okay. And, and as it turns out, my brother, who sold his Sierra because of transmission issues, and it was an SLT that he owned and bought an, and bought an SL, uh, is selling his not-so-running pickup truck to Dougie. So there we go. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Your family drama is hard to keep <laughs> up with anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I thought you, your brother just bought a GMC. He, he did, but he, he owned one before, and that's why he had to buy one, because... His so SLT. Dougie's going to fix it. So Dougie's going to fix it and probably turn it into a smash-up derby vehicle because he's big That's in the smash-up derby. He does smash-up vehicles. How's yeah. your brother doing with the new GMC? Uh, he, he's liking it, but I, I did ask him if it had that, that wonderful feature that disables some of the cylinders, and he said it does, and he doesn't think it really does anything. I think it does. He's not he, very impressed with it. He says in he, the UAE, it makes yeah. a big difference on gas economy. Yeah. He, he's not. He's not so sure. Maybe he's got so. a heavy right foot, your brother. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but apparently the... Uh, that is the key, by the way. If you're planning to buy a pickup, if you're planning to buy anything, yeah. if you drive with a light right foot, you can get ridiculous mileage out of yeah. even the most biggest engined vehicle you can buy. Except a Veyron or Shire. Yeah, but that. that's the thing to think about. You know, how are you driving these things? And if you're driving... That's it like, the biggest difference, if, isn't it? If you're doing the stoplight Grand Prix, forget it. Your gas mileage is gone. Yeah. But think of the advantages of driving slower. Oh, 20 below the speed limit, let's put it there, or 10 below. Oh, you, I, we carpooled in. That's pretty yeah. much how I drive. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You don't spend money on gas because you're not accelerating that hard. Yeah. You don't get peeing tickets. And you get to look at all the cars passing you and, and say, hey, that's a nice looking vehicle. And then you catch up with them yeah. a couple of minutes after they get there. And what did they really achieve? I feel like we're getting really old all of a sudden. Yeah, we're getting old. That's the thing. Car Talk's the program, by the way. If you're wondering what you've tuned into, Imtishan joining us from Motoring Middle East does so every week at this time. And what do we do? We talk about cars coming up. We're going to have a revisit of the new Peugeot 5008 and see what Imtishan can tell us about that. Seeing more of those on the road. Maybe, just maybe, you're thinking of going down the route of a French vehicle. Between them and the Renaults, lots going on. This is Car Talk on Nightline. This is Car Talk. Imtishan joining us from Motoring Middle East, as he does every week at this time. We talk about cars. And Imtishan, I wanted to fire this back out at you because I was on the old Facebook site poking around a little bit and, and noticed that the review for the uh, new Peugeot 5008 is back up at the top. And I, I bring that up only because I've just been seeing a lot of Peugeots recently, 308s. And I think they've come a long way. I actually haven't driven the Fighters Shazad has, but I imagine they all drive pretty much the same, which is nice and tidy now. They're very stylish, very good looking, very nice, very comfortable cars. And I think a lot of people... I'm, I'm impressed with the look. I mean, it really is not... That's what French cars have always done well, yeah. good looks. But have they had the build quality to go with it? Well, now I would argue, yes, I think they're getting there. And the dealerships, etc. Everybody's working behind the scenes to make sure that you have a pretty good experience. But there's so much style. When you get behind the wheel yeah. of a 3008 or 5008, you're like... The 5008 is... So it's it's kind of like an SUV minivan kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, it's ripping good value. It's got tons of gadgets, tons yeah. of toys. The, the steering wheel is cool. <laughs> the steering wheel is not round. No. It no. is squared off yeah. at the bottom. Why is it squared off at the bottom? I, I, it's because it can. Because they can. It doesn't need to be round. You know, it's it's kind of like you're driving something out of uh, um, Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, wow. that's it. <laughs> I think the first car I ever drove which had one of those squared off steering wheels was the Audi R8, which is one of the very first cars I ever drove in this job. And at the time, I thought, well, do you need, I mean, how thick are your thighs <laughs> that you need to square off the steering wheel to fit? Because then you're not the sportiest person, are you? Yeah. Mm. So, yes, it's it's not necessary but at that level, it's like Alcantara and carbon fiber. You know what? I drove that car with Corvette ZR1 review coming soon in Motor Yeah. And I remember thinking they've splattered, sprayed the carbon fiber gun all over the interior. It's got carbon fiber steering wheel. <laughs> but I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. I would have had some wood. <laughs> Just put some of that nice, you know, yeah. old um, caprice wood on there. Why, why not? Yeah, of course, people, because the guy who buys that car wants carbon fiber. He wants steel. He wants chrome. Mm-hmm. He wants it to mm-hmm. feel like he's in a racetrack. Forgetting that in a race car, there is no trim. Yeah. It's, it's all just painted metal and bits of barbed wire, and it's horrible. So you might as well go crazy. Mm. Um, why not do that? Why not have a bit crazy? I mean, if you look at all the big stuff, whether it's Audis, Mercedes, whatever, they all kind of trend the same. Nobody's bananas. Everybody's got carbon fiber interiors because mm. that is a unique signifier of speed, carbon fiber. Really? Okay. 
Mm. My rant is over. Mm. Um, uh, staying on the French line, Renault Magan GT, you guys were posting up something that you can get the 205 horsepower, 107,900 dirhams. Again, good value. So again, really? This is, uh, if you order it online, get in on the online offer at this point. I think you get some extra options on there as well. Yeah, you get the premium pack. <laughs> but I'm going to throw a bit of a note of caution, because what is it again? A nice sporty hatchback? For 122 you can get into a Camry V6, which I'm currently driving on a long term, and mm. that is a lot of value. That is a fully mm. loaded car, and it's a Camry, so it never lasts. Okay, now I don't want. I just want to throw this into the wind. I, I'm just throwing this one out there, and and Esther, you tell me if this isn't saying something about the Camry. In that, this evening, Imtishan and I carpooled into the studio in the Jeep Wrangler. We left the Camry in front of your place. Well, you didn't, you didn't tell me you want me to drive it, so I just got into your car. Yeah, there, see, that's what I'm saying. You're not saying, hey, you got to get into this car. It's awesome. It was like you climbed into the Wrangler very comfortably. I'm thinking well, 10-year-old Wrangler versus brand-new Camry, the Wrangler won. That's because you <laughs> off-road out of Meredith, and the Camry will get stuck, and we'll miss the show. Yeah, okay. There we go. Yeah. New Camry's good, though. Like a really solid, so, honest but, car. But do you think when we look at the Renault Megane GT at 107 and you look at the new Camry, uh, which is coming at, at top of the line, you know, we're looking at 122. It's a bit more, isn't it? It's not but comparable. But do, do you think you're getting the same quality of product? I mean, I don't know. I'd love, to, I'd love to see them side by side. I don't think in the same segment, but the Camry, of course, is a solidly built car. And it's got Cam- a nice history, too. Like they, well, the new one's made in America. Yeah. There we go. Made in America. But go. also, you have that segment, you have the Honda Accord. So you get a fully loaded Accord for probably that money as well, the 1.5 Turbo. And you have to be start thinking, well, also made in America, I should point yeah. out, also made in America. And you have to start thinking, well, it's a tough tough market to break for Renault and Peugeot and all mm. these guys. I mean, good for them for trying and putting out quality product. Well, and they were but at the pricing is so keen now yeah. from the Japanese that it's a real competition for well, your you, dollar. You've got the Japanese, you've got the Koreans, you've got some Chinese stuff coming in. You've, you've got the got Koreans well phew, below that. And you've got the North Americans who are trying to paddle around in that pool. And then you've got the French who are saying, hey, we make good cars. Yeah. The French specialize in small cars. But if you want value and long-lived life, well, the Japanese are hard to beat. Like, I would, hard to say no to the Camry. Yeah. I struggle a little bit with the charisma side of things. The new car is very good. Charismatic, I'm not so sure. But something somebody said to me, or somebody asked me about the new Camry, which was, does it shake? Shake. So apparently this is a very common misconception about the Camry. Or maybe this is one of those old wife tales. People say about Camrys, because I think they've been in lots of taxis, and they say yeah. when other cars go past, the Camry shakes because it's too light. Right. So the idea is that it's it's a little yeah. not, not floppy yeah, and rigid. Yeah. I and hear I, you. I've never had that. I've never had that happen. I've never had that. But a lot of people have said that to me, and I'm like, well, it doesn't shake. I'm on this on the highway in this car. The ride is excellent. The mm. car is superlatively well made, and it is superlatively well made. That's know, a quote. That is an absolute quote. It is. It is the class, the top of the class. And you drive this car, and you think, well, why are people buying Mercedes? Because this whoa, car whoa, rides whoa, whoa. nicer. Why are people why buying Mercedes when you can buy a Camry? You did did you really as, just say that? As a person who's like, you know, poor, I, I honestly look at that and think, well, this is a better car than the current C200 because this is a lot faster, 300 horsepower. And it handles about the same. I mean, the rear wheel drive thing with a C200, you're not drifting around corners. But with the Camry, you could actually 
you know, get on the track, <laughs> you could have a bit of fun. But I know why you buy the Mercedes. You buy the Mercedes because of the three-pointed star. Yeah. Because the Mercedes you buy, which is obviously going to be more expensive than a Camry, mm. you know, you're not getting all the fancy screens and options that you would on your S-Class. Mm. So why are you buying the Mercedes? Buy the Camry, which has the N-Tune system and a really kicking stereo mm. and very, very comfortable. You heard it here. Imtishan from Motoring Middle East. Get the Camry over the Mercedes. It's a better car. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I want to head back to the SMS line. We've got a great one that's come through. And uh, as I said, Imtishan joining us from Motoring Middle East. This is Car Talk. If you're wondering what you've tuned into, we love to hear from you. And uh, this is a great question. It says, any recommendations on a low-cost maintenance car? So a car that has got low-maintenance costs. Uh, it doesn't say new or used, but we, we are obviously heading into a very specific segment here. Which brand offers the cheapest maintenance and replacement part costs, to your knowledge? Well, this is a tough one. Isn't that is it? a tough one. No, it isn't. Buy Yaris. Buy something cheap in Japanese. Nissan, Sunny, anything Japanese. Would you Would you head the Nissan way? Do you think Nissan does a... Yeah, they're all fine. They're all yeah. fine. Um, it's This is very granular. So I'm talking about total cost of ownership, are you? I mm-hmm. would say... I would not go for the smallest car. I wouldn't go for the Yaris just because nothing wrong with it. You know, yeah. it's properly well built and all that. That's a beautiful. And and I remember I you guys talking about driving that driving a Yaris uh, a long termer and loving it being one of your favorite cars of all time. Yeah, although the current one is a little different. It's very niche. It doesn't have the same sort of joy de vivre about it, but it is a very very nice car to drive. Just for the record, the Nissan is not a French car. We were talking about French cars, although he's talking about the joie de vivre of, of the <laughs> now Japanese car. You, you you were in Japan doing the tire stuff. Uh, yeah. Did you pick up no 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 Japanese to share with us? For, uh, not really, no, okay. not really. So, but you're you're hooked on. You think Nissan is the route to go? If we're I'm looking, gonna go with the. There's only one answer. Okay. Corolla. That's Toyota. Yeah. We were talking Nissan. But if you're talking low-cost maintenance car, cheapest maintenance, everybody in the Middle East will have parts for it. Corolla. Mm. The used Corolla, it's hard to go wrong with that. Mm. Same for a Nissan, Sunny, or Tida, etc. Okay. But the Corolla is, you know, bucket loads of them everywhere. So it has to be a Corolla, if you ask me. So maintenance... But it's slightly more expensive to buy because it lasts so long mm. and is so well sought after. Again, again, the sliding scale after that. Sunny, Civic, etc. And then you start going into the obscure Chinese cars or whatever. Like a GAC? The GAC, it's not GAC. <laughs> it's a GAC. Not like a duck noise, it's no? GAC. I thought, it was, I thought they called it GAC. Uh, yeah. Okay. Again, those cars are not really proven in the market yet. Uh, but A Cherry? What about a Cherry? All the same, aren't they? Or is it Sherry? I, I, the, it must be Sherry. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Is it Cheyenne or she- <laughs> Cheyenne? <laughs> because, it, because there's only one, yeah. Yeah. It's not spelled like a two R's. Yeah. But he's asking which brand. Yeah. So I, now you confuse me. Is it Toyota or is it Nissan? Because you were you were talking Nissan, and then boom, you were in over in the Toyota showroom. Those are two very different brands. Both, I think, sort of why for that title. Mm. And Kia and Hyundai are right beyond them. I think Honda is a little bit more expensive. Always has been a little bit more expensive. But again, it's a nicer car to drive than all of Mazda. Them. What about your Mazda love? Um, mm. Cheap maintenance, replacement, resale is the problem with Mazda. Otherwise, I love them. So but they're not, so people don't put them in their mindset, and that doesn't help your resale. So we're talking about brand cheapest maintenance and replacement part costs. Mazda might be up there. Yeah, if you pick it up secondhand, it's a great buy. Mm. And they're Japanese. And they're all made in Japan, so they never mm. go wrong. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of choices. Yeah, So, but basically, as you said, you're heading towards Japanese. Yeah, you have to head towards a Japanese brand, don't you? 
Okay. Uh, Car Talk is what you're listening to. Sean joining us from Motoring Middle East. We are answering your automotive questions right here. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm shaking it up a little bit. Jingle all the way is coming next time. <laughs> Ringle, jingle. Dingle, dingle. Yeah, that's, it rings you in the other what? room. Maybe you're right. Maybe I just need to be more fun. Yeah, yeah. Loosen up a little self. bit. Loose be the, more fun. 4001 is the old school SMS line. I strongly suggest you get the Messenger app. It is the way to go, and it's free. It's great. Uh, Imtishan joining us from Motoring Middle East, motoringme.com. It's a fun place. It's a fun place. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Go to the YouTube channel if you want a good info laugh. Uh, and, and as, as, of course, it's also very educational. So family-friendly as well. So it's it's good family entertainment and information there. It's it's like a university on cars. Family entertainment. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll go with that. Fine. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, Ali's come through and says, okay, we're talking about vehicles that are low cost, easy to maintain, etc. What about the Hyundai Sonata? What are your thoughts on that? Good. Yeah, they've got that some new easy. ones out there. There's a lot yeah, of Sonatas great out there. Great cars. Great cars. I had a friend who had, not a Sonata, but he had a, he had, he had, had some financial difficulties at one point in his life. Yeah. And he had a Mustang GT500. And he had a BMW X6. And he couldn't afford to have any of these cars. <laughs> so he had to downsize quick. So he went in two directions. And both of them worked for him. He bought a very cheap Suzuki Grand Vitara oh. for about 20,000 nerbs. Okay. And he used that every day. Uh, and then he gave that to his wife. And then he went and bought a new base model Kia Optima. Steel Ooh. wheels, no ABS. Yeah. I mean, I don't really sell them. I think now it comes all ABS. But other time I was thinking, oh, that's really cheap, man. I mean, how are you going to live with coming from a GT500 to a Kia Optima? But you know what? He had a great time with that car. Hmm. And eventually he moved to Canada, and now he has another Kia Optima as well. But those cars, he didn't lose any money on yeah. them, and they worked for him. They saved him money. They cost yeah. him nothing to run. There we go. Another great option. Uh, here's another that's come through. Planning on buying a second car, which is a seven-seater. What do you recommend? A Honda Odyssey or a Toyota Land Cruiser? Those are like completely different vehicles. They're not even in the same <laughs> class. <laughs> like, <laughs> How did you arrive at those two choices? One's what? a minivan. Was it two one's, Ferraris? One's an, an off-roader. Well. <laughs> it depends what you want to do with it. Six I mean, Bugatti Veyrons. I don't. I, I mean, know. I, if you want to drive around the city and carry lots of people and have fun and and have a, a great vehicle that that is going to be able to haul stuff as well, like plywood, then <laughs> you know the Odyssey's great. Yeah, I mean, are you? Do you have a lot of people? If you're going off-road, Odyssey's not too good. Not great. Not no. great off-road. Toyota Actually, Land. Odyssey is very nice to drive. But the Odyssey and gets... And probably good value second-hand Gets well. much better fuel economy than the Toyota Land Cruiser, which is the other option here. Yeah, I can't compare these two. Uh, I mean, the Land Cruiser... If you're buying a Land Cruiser, you know why you're buying a Land Cruiser. What's buy a second-hand car, which yeah. is a seven-seater. I think the Odyssey is actually no, an eight-seater. If, if you're serious about carrying... Actually, the Land Cruiser is an eight-seater. Uh-huh. The Odyssey is also a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, seven-seater. Seven-seater. Okay. Seven-seater. Well, um, then you go. You want to get a seven-seater, it's the Odyssey. No, no if, you're carrying, <laughs> if you're driving up and down to Abu Dhabi every day, for example, Odyssey. and you've got to take seven people, it's Odyssey. Odyssey. So the Land Cruiser, the, the rear seats can carry three people, but they're not the most comfortable. Yeah. They're more like occasional seats. But if you're like seriously carrying people, if that's the job of the car... Odyssey. There we go. Okay. Uh, Abdullah's come through, and he's saying, I'm planning to buy a Jaguar 2006 X-Type. The car looks and feels great with loads of options, leather, alloys, moonroof, to name but a few. But it's unbelievably cheap. Anything I should be looking out for? That, that to me, has got alarm bells going off all over the place. What do you need to watch out for? Everything. Yeah. 2006. Oh, man. That's basically a Mondeo. You get the same car for about 9,000 dirhams. That's the Ford Mondeo. 
I know because a mate of mine had one. But it looks good. It's and Jaguar. And great till it Excellent. wasn't great. It says Jaguar. It's nice. It says Jaguar, but actually it's a Ford Mondeo. Yeah. If you're looking for a real Jag, you want to get like an XJ or an XF, all of which are also unbelievable. But the, I bet you the price, though, as he's saying, the price is just phenomenal. But it's going to be really hard to get parts for that car. It's not going to be the most reliable thing in the world. That's why and it's unbelievably cheap. The person wants to unload look, it. Look, if it is, yeah, I mean, they're also almost unsaleable, dare I say it. So the X-Type is not a great car uh, once you reach this kind of age. But that's with any luxury car, that's yeah. to be fair. 2006. A 2006 Mercedes would also be, you know, a questionable purchase if you're on a budget. Yeah. I mean, take whatever amount of money you have, and I'm going to be harsh here. Let me be really harsh. I'm going to say take that unbelievable cheap amount of money that you have, that budget, and triple it. And that's what you'd need to pick up a car that cheap. Because you need to be ready that at any point you could get walloped in the face with a cricket bat full of, you know, yeah. uh, bad things. Yeah. And if you're ready for that, then go and buy the car. But if you're not, if you're trying to get into a Jag on the cheap, you're prepared to get into you know, poverty on the expensive. Yeah. Look, look, Abdullah, if, if I was you in that situation and it, it looks too good to be true, which I'm thinking, just, I don't, you haven't even said what the, the price is. You say it's unbelievably cheap. I, I'd be having a little inspection done over uh, with, with a, a garage you, you like. I mean, I'd be talking to Glenn over at GT Auto Center and just saying, look, they do a, they do a, a really great walk around and inspection of these vehicles where they get under the hood and you know poke around a little bit to give you an idea what it's going to cost you in the next five years. And, you know, they're, they've got nothing to lose here. They're, they just simply want to give you the honest truth. But am I correct in thinking that when they do these inspections, a lot of people don't understand always that they're not there to compliment the car. They're yeah. there to find problems and issues. Yeah. They're not going to say, oh, this is really good. They're going to say, oh, that's a problem, that's a problem, that's yeah. a problem. They're not going to say, well, oh, this is really good. No. They're going to give it to you warts. And I, and I, and I kind of like to have that done so that I can say, yeah, whatever you say. And yeah. then, and then, and then say, you turn to the seller and say, well, let's knock some more off that. Yeah, exactly. Or let's just walk away as friends. And and I think that could also be what happens when, you know, you've got a mechanic walking around and you, you look at him and say, so what do you think? He says, I don't know if I'd buy this car. Or they might say, yeah, I'd buy this car, but know that you're going to be spending, you know, this XYZ amount of Durham's over the next couple of years. And this is what's likely to go wrong next. Uh, that, that could be a big issue. Hmm. You yeah. have to be a brave person to buy a Jag, but you know, maybe you want, maybe you really wants one. <laughs> but just go into it eyes open, and you should not be neither disappointed nor terrified. <laughs> I gotta look up whose number this is, but there's one that's come through that says, "Don't." I buy. feel that like this might be Glenn Powell. <laughs> I, I know. I gotta look up Glenn's number. It says, "Don't buy an X-Type." If you do, I refuse to work on it. So it could be Glenn. <laughs> Well, you have a cell phone number, yeah, so you need to check. On. I'm going to look right now and just oh, see. Hold, hold on, I'll come up something interesting <laughs> to say. <laughs> Let's just see. Uh, keep talking. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Next time. Wow, we're so so far, it's a no from James, it's a no from me, and it's a no from what could be Glenn Power. Uh, so that is not really Abdullah. I'm not sure you should buy this car. I'm come on, James. How yeah, long? Yeah, yeah, it's Glenn. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> He's not well, working on it. <laughs> 7,000 Durham's. Is that what he says? That's how much uh, Abdullah is saying it's worth. It's been asked for 7,000. And Glenn, Glenn, <laughs> I, I imagine it's probably sent 7,000 dollars worth of problems without even opening the hood. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, but it's so alluring, right? It's not. 
not. It, but could it be a throwaway a, car? You know, 7,000 dirhams, you enjoy it, no, and no, then... No, 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 no. Okay, look, okay. a throwaway car is like a 2006 Camry, because that'll cost you 5,000 dirhams, <laughs> but it'll probably run for 50,000 kilometers with 2,000 dirhams worth of work. Yeah. A 7,000 dirham X-Type is 35,000 dirhams worth of problems at a minimum, yeah. and it's always going to be in the shop. Mm. So it is not a throwaway car because you'll throw it away almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? It it just sounds too good I'm to be sorry true. I'm to burst his dreams. I'm sure he yeah. really wanted to get an. He X-Type. does want it, but it, 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 yeah. There we go. Well, which Jag would you recommend then? I, I feel like I should be asking myself this question. <laughs> Why am I asking you? <laughs> you're asking me. <laughs> I'm interviewing you. Today. E- even even Esther's laughing. She's going. You're asking James. Have you been listening to this show at all? <laughs> You guys are the experts. Anyway, hey, you, you know what? I hate to say it, but we've run out the clock on the show. You want to catch any of the programming that we do here on Nightline or across the station, www.dubaii1038.com forward slash podcasts. And you can catch everything and anything that you have missed. Of course, don't forget the, the podcast of the week. we got Brandy and Richard talking to Sir Richard Branson uh, who is the chairman of the uh, Hyperloop. Uh, oh man, I'm getting it all wrong here. Is he the chairman of Hyperloop? That's well, Elon Musk, isn't it? No, he's he is the uh, chairman of Virgin Hyperloop One. So, And he, and uh, according to the, the podcast, he hasn't been the chairman of a Virgin operation for many, many years. So this is, uh, this is something that he's... What uh, does he do all day? He, he's an advisor. <laughs> he that's runs it. He doesn't have to chair it. Yeah. So Virgin Hyperloop One. If you've missed anything that's going on here on Dubai Eye, go check out DubaiEye1038.com and especially get the podcast of the week, which is with uh, billionaire businessman Richard Branson, who is chair of Virgin Hyperloop One, talking to Richard Dean and Brandy Scott. But of course, enjoy the rest of our program. We got lots more going on. Imtishan joins us every week from Border Middle East. Find them on YouTube, find them on Instagram, find them on Facebook, find them on Twitter, find them everywhere. And uh, if you've got any issues, get in touch with them that way as well. It's that simple. We'll do it all again next week. Same place, same time. Imtishan, thank you very much for coming out. See you.